Welcome to the Truth CSGO Podcast, episode 17, and this is going to be a fairly lean one. It's actually just going to consist of a message to all the hackers out there. Are we rushing in, or are we going sneaky-beaky-like? So we've had a couple of days of the major preliminaries. Uh, I'll actually get to them sort of towards the end of this message. In the last couple of weeks, I've had a lot of emails. Um, That actually means three emails, but there you go. It's a lot for me. It's been Christmas. I haven't been putting up episodes. But uh, it seems that quite a few of you have been discovering the Hacker episode in retrospect. And here's the weird part. Up until now... I've had emails from you guys saying that you love the podcast, uh, that episode N really connected with you, you know, keep up the shitty analysis, the bad humor or whatever. But uh, two of these emails were different. I hadn't gotten any of these emails before, but these were actually quite similar. They were both hackers. And I'm just going to read a few things from these emails so you get the sense of the people who've messaged me and what they've said. The first one said... The reason I felt the need to contact you is that this cheater you interviewed is only one of many different types of cheaters there are. And I don't want you to think that everyone is like that, as you seem like a nice guy. This guy goes on to say he's been semi-pro. He'd like to see cheats gone, but can learn to program by coding them. He said that he used cheats for six months on a Smurf account and didn't get banned, and then lost motivation because, in his words, I was trying to go pro after all, and someone could just kill my dreams by doing something unfair. He admits he's still playing MM, that's matchmaking, and is hoping for a VAC update. So that was one of the emails. And the other one from a hacker said, I was wondering if you were interested in making a part of your next podcast an interview with a 16-year-old hacker, as I am one, and would love to be on your show. I play legit also, and I'm MG1 legit, so I'm not bad at the game. I'm not a cocky asshole that will get you tilted. I can tell you why I hack and why I enjoy it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, my first reactions to these emails were utter bewilderment. Then I was pretty angry. And then I thought about it for a while. Now, obviously, these emails are in response to my interview with the 16-year-old hacker two episodes ago. But what I assume these listeners heard was someone a bit like them, this hacker, who was getting an opportunity to open up, to be heard, and to change the mind of me someone older than them, someone who had a fairly black and white view of their actions. So, in that sense, I can understand why these people emailed me. That interview was sort of a limited slice of the hacking world, and my response was limited for the sake of my relationship with my friend, who was the brother of that hacker. This is a new episode, and this is why I thought I'd address the two of you who emailed me and anyone else who hacks, or currently hacks, directly. There's a disconnect And I think you've misunderstood me. These emails make it clear that you've misunderstood me. And I'm going to have a bit of a ramble here, but that's all right. It's been a while since I've had a ramble. I've got myself a Canadian IPA. And I've got some things to say. Now our success as human beings, as individuals, as a race, depends on our capacity for cooperation. We can't survive alone, right? In fact... The more connections we have and the stronger those connections, the better the chance we have of survival. If you believe this and you know this to be true, 
You can know the teachings of religion to be true without having to believe in any particular religion itself. Before you get before you get a little nervous, I'm a militant agnostic. I don't believe in any religions. Some of you might be familiar with the golden rule that Jesus told us, do unto others as you would have done to you. That's a tenet of basic reciprocity, right? But this is rational as well. If we agree that our survival and flourishing is the ultimate goal, it's completely rational. If you fuck your neighbor over, it'll fuck you down the line when you need that neighbor for something. Excuse my language. That's rational. That's logical. That's why it's been around since ancient Egypt, 2040 BC. In a story from the Middle Kingdom that referred to the goddess Maat, which said, Now this is a command, do to the doer to make him do. On a piece of papyrus from 664 BC, they found that which you hate to be done to you, do not do to another. In ancient Greece, this was a common principle, and it appeared in many forms, not least Isocrates, who said, do not do to others that which angers you when they do it to you. I could go on from ancient Persia to Rome through Judaism, Islam, the Baha'i faith, Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism, Sikhism, Confucianism, Taoism, Mohism, Wicca, even goddamn Scientology put it in their founding tenets. I think you get what I'm saying. Christopher Hitchens used to say when debating fundamental Christians, if you say to me the Ten Commandments were given to Moses on Mount Sinai and not simply ingrained in humans and known from birth, then I ask you how the hell did the Jews get to Mount Sinai in the first place if they're all fucking each other over all the time? I hope I haven't lost you here. This is Life 101. This is basic out-of-the-crib stuff. You learn to walk. You learn to feed yourself. You learn to sit in a toilet. You learn to talk. You learn who your family is. You individuate from your parents and your siblings and your friends. And then you learn to treat others the way you want to be treated. Because anything else is harmful to you. Karma is not a mystical, magical, hippie word. It's Darwinian logic. Now, I can only assume you two young men, uh, I assume you're young men, you might be women, but I can assume that you've reached out to me because you want to connect, and that is a wonderful thing. That's why I sent you both responses via email, and that's why I'm talking to you now. I sensed in that young man I interviewed that he was missing a sense of connection. I also sensed that he was missing a sense of connection with his father. But mainly, I, th- I, felt, I felt he was missing a sense of being part of something and being a part of a community and being part of a peer group. He felt excluded. He didn't felt heard. This is an assumption. I may be wrong. That's the sense I got. And if that's how you guys feel, I hear you. I hear you. And you've been frustrated by playing at a game that is rigged where others have not been playing by the rules they seemingly agreed upon. You've been frustrated by the unfairness of it because it's not fair. You paid money for it and you got tricked. You watched while other people won rounds and won games and won tournaments and won adulation by cheating, so you felt stupid. What an idiot. Why did I take this seriously? Why did I spend this money and all this time trying to get better when all along there were people out there taking the easy route who were laughing at me? laughing at me for trying. What a loser I am. What an idiot for wanting something and thinking that if I tried hard, I might get it. What a fool for dreaming that greatness might be within me. This is a natural response. 
How are we ever supposed to win? How are we ever supposed to know when we've won when other people keep shifting the goalposts and changing the rules? If we're playing a game of soccer and someone picks up the ball and runs with it, scores a goal and their team win, what's the point of even trying? Well, I'm not that old. But if you're 16, I'm double your age. And I'm going to tell you what happens in every facet of life. Sorry for the loud car. What happens in every facet of life is the exact same thing. There's always going to be someone who thinks low enough of themselves and others that they don't want to play by the rules. They can't bear the thought of losing because it'll mean they've failed as human beings. So they cheat. And that is the moment they've failed as human beings, not before. And the reason is they've tried to separate themselves from the rest of us, from other human beings, from their fellow man. They've said, I'm better. I'm different. I'm more special than the rest of you. And the reasons for this might be manifold. Their parents haven't validated their feelings. When a parent validates your feelings, they say, I hear you. I see your pain. I feel your happiness. I recognize you as an individual. It could be that their friends haven't done that. The people around us, around them haven't sort of provided this for them. But unfortunately, this is where karma catches up because we're all human. And when you try and make yourself special by cheating, by pretending you're not human, it catches up. The two of you who emailed me, you are just as human as me. And we're all looking for the same things. That's why once I'd felt angry at you, I moved on because that is not my actual response. When you see someone hacking and you think about hacking, but you don't, that is when you've won. That's a victory because you're reacting with integrity, with a wholeness. You're acknowledging the oneness of yourself and the rest of us. Now, some of you on Reddit mentioned that the kid I interviewed seemed to blame the game. And I actually even focused on Valve too and the fact that they have a responsibility. If they've taken everyone's money... They have a responsibility to deliver a product that does what it purports to do. Now, there's definitely a blurry, debatable line about how much responsibility. But it would be hard to argue that they don't have any. But ask yourself this. If you're playing a game of Monopoly and someone is stealing from the bank, that is not the fault of Hasbro, the makers of Monopoly. That's because that person who is stealing is at the level of basic self-development. And they're stuck in that level. As the wider society would call them, they're an asshole. You know, I played with this guy a few nights ago on Inferno. His name was Rush B, no relation to the podcast. And he didn't have a mic and he wasn't responding to chat. Then about six rounds in, he started to complain via chat about us, about some aspect of the team play. I don't know. We were losing A or something. And I said over the mic, mate, if you've got something to say that's negative, that's fine. But add a positive suggestion at the end of it. So if you say something isn't working and sucks, suggest what you think may work instead. He said something like, you're all just shit. I'd rather be kicked than play with you. And fair enough. That's his opinion. The other said they were happy to kick him. And I said I was happy to kick him too. But you know what? I'd rather just try and play as a five man as best as we could. 
Towards the end of the match, he was on top by a few frags and typed in chat, aren't you glad you didn't kick your carry? And I said, I would always, always rather play with someone who's nice than someone who's good, hands down. And my teammates agreed. Yeah, it's a game. But as I said to this hacker and the hacker's dad, it's also half an hour of your life. And if you're not having a good time, why are you wasting it? So let's get practical. I'm not telling you to stop cheating. I'm not telling you guys to stop programming cheats. Both of those things are self-evident. It's like telling someone to stop throwing rocks at cars. It's like telling someone to stop kicking their dog. Instead, I want you to think about yourself for a moment. Even if you're 16 and your parents or teachers are still the ones who tell you what to do, think about when you're at your happiest playing the game. Your happiest moment, your happiest moments of playing the game. I guarantee you they are not when you're cheating. And I would imagine it's when you're playing with friends and coordinating and maybe not even winning. Maybe you're just working together and learning together and failing together. Now you may say, I've never had that. And you may say that all your thoughts about the game are negative and that it stresses you out. You get adrenaline, you get anxiety, you're never playing with people you like and you never seem to win. And I wouldn't be surprised. I've had moments like this with CSGO. It was nominated for that Haunts Your Dreams Award, right? That, that Valve had or Steam had. But to you, I would say, stop playing. Just stop. Find something that gives you joy. If, however, you've got friends you like to play with, then let them help you weather the occasional baby who wants to pick up the ball with his hands, who can't deal with having to kick it with his feet. Because that's how you beat the hackers, by having friends. And the guy in the interview referenced a fellow hacker in New Zealand as being his friend. With all due respect, someone who encourages you to cheat is not your friend. They're setting you up for failure. They're your enemy. They're sabotaging your future. A friend is someone who has your long-term interests at heart, who says when you lose a game, you'll be fine. Keep trying. So make that your mission in CSGO. Find a team, make a team, or get out. I'm serious. Get out. And if you despair looking at the pros or the semi-pros who you think are hacking, that's not your problem. That is their problem because everything they do now has repercussions later. Everything you do now has repercussions. You think if they're taking a shortcut, that's not going to come out? You think if they've decided they're special, the rest of us aren't going to find out? Think about this for a moment. The pro scene in CSGO really only hit the big time two years ago. But these guys have their lives to make up the deficit for lying to other people. For lying to the organizations who pay them in good faith, the people who consider them friends, the fans who cheer them on, to their family members. I'm not saying pros cheat. I have no idea. I'm just saying it's not your problem. It's not my problem. Therefore, I don't care. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast since it began... You'll know I went through a big roster change of my own around the time. The big roster changes happened in CSGO. I think September, beginning of September it was. Basically, my relationship with my fiancé of a few years ended. And much like the FaZe Clan, I decided this would be a new beginning for me. A wonderful time of fun, of freedom, of exploration, of how great I could really be. 
and FaZe went on to win something like, I think it was 13 straight games on LAN. And I had similar success in the immediate aftermath of my change. But then all the things I'd put aside began to come back. My disappointment at losing the future I thought I was going to have. The lost opportunities for fun and friendship with my ex. The intimacy, the closeness, the partnership, her family, her friends, and her. I'd never have them again, and that was a sad thing that I needed to grieve over. If we don't acknowledge these things, it's like whack-a-mole. They're going to come up again, and if your life's not in control, they can literally kill you. They really can. Now, Guardian... Guardian from FaZe posted a day or two ago that he's been scrimming with fellow Russians, and I'm really not surprised. This is the second day of the major. I think he posted on the first day, or maybe just before the first day. And he's posting about how he's scrimming with fellow Russians. And why does this not surprise me? Because when we have to face the hard times, we go back to what is familiar, to what is easy, to what we know. Day one of the major preliminaries, FaZe struggled against Liquid, who was playing with a stand-in, and just got beat by Vega Squadron last night. Like, thrashed by Vega Squadron. You better believe they've got hard times coming up. They're facing the fact that teams who've been playing together for years, like the core of Vega, are going to beat them. They're facing the fact that they actually are going to have to grind and fail their way to a cohesive team. That nothing comes easy, that you can't just buy your way into success. If you cheat now, you're setting yourself up for a day of reckoning in the future that gets only bigger and bigger and scarier and harder and blacker and hairier and darker and sharper the longer you wait to face it. At some point, you've just got to put in the hard work and forget about what others are doing and get satisfaction from the fact that you're acting with integrity and you're going after what you want and connect with others. Get involved in the Reddit forums, get involved on HLTV, make some art and post it, make a song about CSGO and post it. Be honest on matchmaking, be honest in a queue, be you, be the nice person you are and you'll find others and they'll find you. I'm living proof of this. I was lonely, I was disconnected, I was playing CSGO, so I started this podcast and now I have regular people who reached out and I'm playing with. And if after all that, you still can't find anyone to connect with, message me. We'll have a game. I'm on Twitter at the Truth CSGO or the Truth CSGO podcast at gmail.com. Music in this episode was from Beaufort, who you can find at beaufort.asia. I'll do another podcast probably some point uh, towards the end of these qualifiers. In the meantime... Enjoy watching the matches and enjoy playing the game.